Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Modern Mobile Oil Field. As always, it is myself, Tavis. And really, we do have a YouTube channel, so not only are you missing out on a good-looking young man in a turtleneck, but all vanity aside, there's also great visuals. We highlight the best of Jeffrey's information and quotes, and uh, really, consider going through there. It's going to be a much more entertaining learning experience for you if you search Rare Petro Podcast on YouTube.com or simply the Modern Mobile Oil Field. But, of course, this is the Modern Mobile Oil Field where we will expand on ideas from Jeffrey's book, Bits, Bites, and Barrels. And this is actually the last conventional episode we're recording, but we've only scratched about 20% of this book. There's so much more for you to learn, so I'll try not to keep our guests waiting anymore. Jeffrey, a little cold here in Colorado today. How are you doing in Canada? Uh, not too bad, though. The cold weather, the Arctic weather is sweeping across the northern part of the country I'm uh, just looking out my window here. I can see snow in the hills. I'm kind of hoping the bears have gone into hibernation so I can get the bird feeder out. Uh, but... <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. But today's ex episode is actually a little bit of a two-parter. We've got gamification and 3D printing. So let's, let's knock the tough one out of the way. Uh, what is gamification? I mean, using the prefix game, would I be right to assume that maybe it is related to a game? Gaming? Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. The, the concept of gamification uh, has come from the gaming industry. The video gaming industry is enormous. It's, uh, it's, it's not something that the industrial world pays too much attention to, but if you're a gamer, uh, the, the, the video games are a big deal. New launches generate billions of dollars in revenue for game publishers. But so the sorts of things that you see in game of games, vi online games coming to uh, industrial applications, uh, competition, uh, things like uh, repetition, uh, aiming for and helping to improve someone's accuracy. So if you're in a you know, video game and you're shooting something, uh, then um, the, what the game teaches you to do is to become far more accurate in, in shooting. Well, why not bring that kind of concept into an industrial application uh, to, to drive towards what, what industrialists would aim for, which is execution excellence, regardless of whether it's a video mm. game or, or controlling a piece of equipment. And the sorts of things that you see in, in, in video games, which have come to industry, uh, point scoring, uh, rewards and prizes, bonuses, badges uh, that, you can, that you can get, personalization. Uh, we all love to um, personalize our, our profiles on LinkedIn. That's a gamification move by, yeah. by uh, LinkedIn. Um, competition, uh, super realism. And there's lots of different kinds of games, simulations, training games, strategy games, puzzle games. The list goes on and on and on uh, in terms of, of what the game industry has done. And then how do we, the question then is, how do you bring that into industrial world? Mm. So definitely, I don't think anyone, not everyone in the audience is a gamer and they might be on LinkedIn. Hopefully they'd be shooting themselves in the foot if they weren't. But are there other examples that we might be familiar with, with maybe commercial or industrial use? Well, I, I would actually like to touch on LinkedIn because um, the vast majority of, of uh, professionals now, certainly across North America, will have a LinkedIn profile. It's just one of those things. But hidden inside LinkedIn are all kinds of gamification techniques that LinkedIn is using to create uh, the, the, uh, the right kind of uh, platform. Some of you who, if you're editing your profile, you'll notice on the side of your, your dashboard, this little announcement that says, you are becoming an all-star and your all-star <laughs> profile. That's a gamification technique. That's giving you a subtle reward to tell you how great you are um, and, and moving you up the tier, the ladder of, of accomplishment on the platform. Uh, uh, they're constantly asking you to update your profile, telling you how many people are following you. 
uh, encouraging you to connect. Somebody has mentioned you in a, in a, in a post. Normally, mm -hmm. uh, when someone is calling attention to you, that releases a little chemical in your, in your brain called dopamine. It's called the pleasure chemical, and it, it, it makes you feel good about yourself and feel good about your situation. So LinkedIn is using all of these sort of subtle techniques uh, to really uh, help encourage that repetition, accuracy. Your data on LinkedIn is very accurate. I encourage you to visit the site over and over and over again all day long. Um, uh, the like buttons, on, if you see a, uh, a like button, that's a game technique. It's, it's a, a way you signal um, your involvement in your community. And uh, so uh, you don't have to look too far <laughs> to find examples of this uh, that we're all very, very um, uh, comfortable now using as just, uh, just with LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And then definitely it, it is in LinkedIn and there's those rewards. I, I like to get that little chemical dump when I put up a podcast and I see people interact with it. But outside of that, in our remote COVID world, are there maybe other examples there? Well, an interesting one that came out from Apple quite uh, when the COVID was announced was the hand-washing um, uh, app on your iWatch. If you, those of you who have an Apple Watch, and this might be on other, some other watch technologies too, mm -hmm. uh, Apple's watch can detect when your hands are moving the way you would customarily move to wash your hands. So you're rubbing them together underwater and this sort of, sort of motion. The app immediately kicks in. And then it gives you a little, uh, a little jingle, a little positive jingle sound that says, hey, congratulations, you've washed your hands for 15 seconds. Oh, we man. never needed this before, <laughs> but, but suddenly people are washing their hands going, hey, I'm going to get the little jingle here. And, and mm. so you, people are washing their hands more. That's a very subtle kind of example in the, in the COVID world. Um, uh, specifically related to hand washing. But um, another example uh, certainly is in training. Uh, the, the ability to train people now no longer needs to or should even take place in a kind of very personal se setting because COVID is uh, so transmittable through aerosols. So uh, training is now shifting over to be much more of a virtual online experience. And, that's a, and, and built into many training systems are lots of gamification tools, rewarding your behavior, congratulating you when you succeed, moving you up a level, gone from amateur to um, competent, proficient, and then expert, and then guru status. Mm. I mean, these are all game techniques to encourage behaviors. Yeah, of course. And then clearly this was born out of uh, the gaming industry, but this is the modern mobile oil field. So how long <laughs> and to what extent has gamification actually been utilized within the oil and gas sector? I personally have only been aware of gamification techniques being applied in oil and gas uh, over the past four to five years. And um, the, the earliest indications or instances I've, I saw of this were at a large oil company in Calgary, Suncor, uh, who had pulled all kinds of data sets uh, from all across the company into what it called a data lake, which is just a large repository of data. And employees would kind of tap into this data lake to get information they were, they were interested in. And those data sets that were proven to be very reliable, accurate, complete, uh, on timely, the employees would just press a like button. And then over time, those data sets, when you went searching, those data sets would bubble up to the top. Hmm. That's a kind of gamification application uh, uh, in, in, a, in a large, uh, large industrial concern. But uh, when you look at, um, uh, you know, across oil and gas, it's still very much a, a nascent, uh, a nascent uh, technology. It's, uh, we're still far, far away from the full potential for gamification. Yeah, far, far away today, but say 10, 20 years down the road, what areas stand to benefit the most, the, the greatest gains? 
Well, the fastest place of application is clearly in the training world because uh, of the pandemic is driving us uh, to, to a much more of a virtual existence and virtual work. And uh, training systems uh, delivered through a virtual world are, immediately lend themselves to gamification techniques and positivity. Um, I, I, I saw an example uh, in Australia while I was living and working there in the capital industry. The, uh, the specific use case was um, a, a construction company had taken the uh, an asset operator, I should say, the owner operator of this asset happened to be a plant facility of some kind, water treatment, I believe, uh, took the uh, Primavera P6 uh, plan, which would have been pre prepared by the engineering company, put it into a gaming engine, which is the kind of thing you can just buy if you're building a video game. People don't mm -hmm. build these engines from scratch anymore. You just, you just buy that technology. Well, they took the P6 plan and dropped it into the video game en engine and then played the capital plan like it was a video game. And uh, what they were able to show was how the video, by, by repeatedly playing the video, the video of the, of the capital plan, the engineers were able to find ways to improve the capital execution by as much as 10%. Ooh. So on a four, $4 billion project, imagine saving $400 million out of your capital spend by taking your existing, you've already built the P6 plan, you're dropping it into a video engine, and now you're just playing the game to see how your, your capital program executes. $400 million. The, 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 the payback is, uh, is enormous. Other places where there is a significant uh, potential use case uh, would be in, in uh, logistics, optimization of logistics, and um, where there is uh, ample data, you could even build strategy games that involve your actual company. Uh, this was done by Husky in Calgary. They uh, took a, a number of uh, data sets that related to the execution, how the business operated, and they created a little strategy game that taught the employees how the business actually worked. So there's yeah. lots of lots of potential use cases out there. All right. And then is there a ceiling for the potential gains from this, or is it really just as much as we can dream at this point because it's so young? It's, it's still very young, and uh, it's, uh, so, so really, I don't really know where the upside is, but I, I can, just a capital alone, if you could take 10% uh, out of, of available capital spend, yeah. just by that single action of just putting the, the construction plan into the tool set, what could you do if you brought these, these, uh, these technologies across the full measure of the industry? Definitely. Lots, and of, then... lots of upside. Mm -hmm. Considering uh, maybe episodes we've had in the past, is there another technology that take gamification, pair it well with the other tech to make something beautiful, or <laughs> is it all kind well, of in I the mean, air still? Well, I, I provided one example already, which was uh, you take the uh, the concept of big data or a data lake and large data repositories in the cloud, and you use uh, use gamification to promote or identify the the best possible use cases. Uh, but at the same time, uh, uh, those organizations who have built a digital version of a physical asset or a supply chain, a digital twin, if you like, which we have discussed, imagine applying gamification techniques to teaching the employees how the, the, the actual business works, but using the digital version of the business, playing with many, many different scenarios as, a, as an example. Uh, Shell, who are building a large LNG plant in Canada, have run the actual operation of the plant under millions of different scenarios so that they can make sure that the plant will run under all possible conditions. Well, that digital version of that plant suddenly becomes a training platform. Mm -hmm. Because you've, if you've got all the, the data and the assets, why not? Another use case is to strap. We did this in our last episode. Was uh, the what I call digital reality, where you're or you you have a little uh, you're wearing a headset, which pre presenting a virtual world to your eyes through this through a screen. That could easily become a, an example of a 
uh, combining these two technologies, a digital twin, digital reality, to create an immersive training platform for employees to learn. And places where that could be applied is in search and rescue um, uh, trials that people might be running in a complex plant. If there's a disaster, how are you going to get an injured worker out? You can do all of that in this simulation or virtual world as a, mm -hmm. as a way of, of improving the uh, under, so employees' understanding of that facility and how it works. Yeah. And then it's still definitely very young, like we've mentioned before, but the investment cost, is it kind of framed at this point or is it wildly insignificant? What, what does it stack up compared to the rest of the? Well, it's very much software related. So uh, the costs themselves are, are actually uh, very, very incremental. There's no, to my knowledge, aside of it, unless there was the digital reality tools being applied, I don't know of a capital cost that you would expend on this. Uh, most gamification techniques are built for video games, which are in, in, by themselves originally software. So it's really, it's really uh, uh, in relative terms, very, very low cost. Mm -hmm. So can gamification actually help with back office tasks or making personnel even more efficient? I imagine it's probably not as simple as just implementing a leaderboard wherever you'd like to see improvements. Well, actually, there's a, a, a very good use case in, in the back office is just employee suggestions uh, for how to improve the business. Hmm. Um, you, could, you could gamify a suggestion box, for instance, um, by having employees vote on the best suggestion and, um, and to uh, a highlight or help take a, a, a specific uh, suggestion that's come into the suggestion box to improve its, um, its applicability or improve its, its, its utility because other employees are building on it. And you reward that behavior with like buttons and, and the like. That's a, a way that you could absolutely gamify a, a very traditional, very standard back office process. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what factors will need specific attention when an organization does choose to implement gamification into their everyday workflow? Well, as, as I see it, the biggest issue with, with gamification tools is that they can feel um, to an employee uh, manipulative. So in the same way that video games do not apply or do not resonate with all people, uh, these kind of gamification techniques uh, do have the potential to turn off some of your employees. So they have to be done with quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of discretion and care. It's, you don't do this um, um, with, without some uh, considerable thought. For example, um, the, the, what gets rewarded gets, to ex gets done. And, um, and so if you're rewarding certain kinds of behaviors, which have certain kind of negative outcomes, you might create problems in your business model. And a mm -hmm. good example of this is competition. The, the, the right competition in oil and gas is not between operations and finance. <laughs> it should be between the oil company and the other oil companies. Yep. Uh, but, but if you put the wrong kind of uh, measures and game tools in place, you could absolutely create conflict between different parts of your business, which mm -hmm. it could be proved to be very, very unhealthy. So you have to be very, very, you have to act with discretion here. Yeah. And then how does a company even go about deciding if they want to implement this? Because that 10% savings before that's pretty convincing. Is there any other value? Well, it's uh, the value is is as I say, it's it's uh, such a novel and new area. It's hard to really uh, say definitively that there is this absolute uh, pers uh, uh, value that's uh, lurking out there. But these, as I say, these early use cases uh, prove that, um, that that there is there can be some uh, not not inconsiderable amounts of value um, at stake. 
uh, I'll use another example related to the first one where I sketched out how the, you, you take the P6 plan, you jump it into your game engine, and then you, you, you play it and see how if you can improve the plan. Mm -hmm. Another use case is to take the actuals, like what was actually done on that project, and put that into the same game engine and play it. And, and what that reveals is all of this, the screw-ups that took place on the project cranes moving around where there's nothing for them to lift yeah. or bridge bridges being erected and suddenly that uh, the the intersection where you need to do your work suddenly is blocked off and you didn't get the permits on time uh, and so companies in australia as an example are using this kind of technique to uh, revisit all of their billings to make sure that the the, the puts and takes on the capital projects are, are fairly allocated who was mm. who at fault and uh, so there's, there's uh, so what's the value there? Well, it might mean the difference between making and breaking a, a capital project. I mean, so it's, it's hard to really pin a, put a dollar amount on it, but the, but the early evidence is very compelling for game techniques. Mm -hmm. And then how can management ensure that if gamification is implemented or something is gamified, that it isn't used too much, isn't wasted? Because I can see myself as a young drilling engineer and my boss goes, well, uh, Killian, you spent 20 hours on the drilling simulator this week. And well, I was going for the high score. How do you balance that? <laughs> well, this is, this is in fact one of those questions that doesn't get asked nearly enough. Um, and and uh, the reason for that is that uh, the, many of these game techniques are driving to, in, in the gamification world, the game world, video game world, is to drive rapid uptake. Um, if, if one of our earlier podcasts, we talked about the two laws of, of digital. So law number one is Moore's law of, mm. of, of exponential uh, change, either cost or capability or what have you. But it's Metcalf's law, which is the second driver. Metcalf's law says that the value of a network is equal to N squared. And if a network is uh, where N is the number of nodes on your network or the number of users. Uh, so if you're, a, if you're a, a, a person and you're using one of these games, your value to the network is N squared. And if you're a guru on that network, you're going to be the center of an awful lot of, a, of positive attention. And so you're quite right. Employees will might, if the, if the games are set up that way, employees will devote a whole lot of time and energy accumulating badges and likes and so forth. But where's the real value? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I say these tools have to be introduced with discretion and care so that, uh, you know, you, you, get the, you get the outcome you want, not game players, but people who are applying the get lessons of the game in the real world. And that, that does take some management discretion to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And then how can individuals better learn how to utilize this technology or should students and young professionals really not dedicate any energy to this? Because it kind of sounds like it might come to them. I think it's going to come to people in the industry as opposed to people in the industry going and looking for it, with the exception of those individuals who are designing or redesigning business processes, uh, leveraging digital or, or other new technologies. They should be putting into their project where and how can we apply some of this mo these modern ideas from, from game, the world of video games uh, to our industrial process to promote execution excellence uh, uh, high levels of repetition, care and attention to detail, uh, to, to really drive these processes to be, to be executed with excellence. That's the mm. question managers should be asking, and, and they should be asking, what's the role of game techniques to, to achieve that outcome? Yeah, I was just about to ask about managers too, because I can certainly see one going, well, hell no, I'm not implementing a video game. <laughs> 
Yeah, but precisely. Right? If you if you if you can imagine the, the conversation to happen in the manager's office where the young engineer says, "Hey, I think if we put a like button on this this application, <laughs> it'll promote." The manager's going, "What the? I, I don't yeah. really care whether you like it or not. I just want you to do it." Mm. And and that attitude misses the whole point. And uh, so that's where there's uh, there is a need for um, you know the the uh, managers to 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 be open minded and embrace some of these concepts to see how they can make a big difference in the industry. Mm. And I think that's about all the questions I have on that topic. Have you got anything else? Uh, no, I'm a big fan in game tools and techniques. Uh, they're all around us. It's all extremely, in many cases, extremely subtle. Um, and but game game and gamification is is so critical now to accelerating adoption rates. Um, you know, four, four star my four star rating. You know, <laughs> that's a game that's a game technique. Yep. Um, and who doesn't like to get four stars, mm. right? Uh, so it's uh, it's all around us. It's uh, it's 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 absolutely a key part of our our current so, uh, community and personal life. It's coming to industry. Hey there, everybody. Future Tavis here. Well, future compared to the one that you just watched in the episode, but either way, I know we mentioned this would be a two-parter episode, but we decided that it got a little bit too long and a little bit too interesting, so we decided to split them up. That way, get your focus, your full attention, and we learn the most from it. So that is the end of this episode on gamification. Of course, always be sure to check out Jeffrey's network, his book, his custom course that'll get you all caught up on even more than we've talked about in this series. And then uh, in about two weeks, you'll have a new episode the 3D printing portion, and let me tell you, you want to subscribe because the implications for not only the industry, but supply chains throughout the world, astounding. So, of course, subscribe to our network as well. And uh, hey, until we see you next time, take care, everybody.